This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And for this Thursday, July 6th, we have on the other side of our Zoom connection, Sarah Dockerslut. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Gary, and welcome to Wellspring, a broadcast sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital, part of Corwell Health. Joining me this morning is Sergeant John Knott from the Ottawa County Sheriff Marine Division and Tom Denherter from the Yacht Basin Marina. They are here to talk about water and boating safety. Good morning, Sergeant Knott and Tom. Good morning. Good morning. It's a delight to have you here. So, Sergeant Knott, tell us about your role at the Sheriff's Office Marine Unit. Well, I appreciate you having me on here, and that's a great question. So, <clears throat> my roles and responsibilities for the uh, Sheriff's Office uh, uh, Marine Division is, uh, is to manage and supervise uh, the whole Marine uh, personnel. So, the Sheriff's Office has 27 part-time uh, Marine deputies that operate uh, in and around the waters of Ottawa County, primarily in Lake Makatawa and up in Grand Haven in the waters up there along the Grand River. Um, so we operate several boats and one of our main focuses is to uh, do uh, compliance through education. So a lot of what we do is education out on the water. And you're also involved in if there is someone that gets caught right in in the in the water or there's an emergency, you come out and you assist, correct? Correct. Whether it be uh, the Marine Division or our dive team, which I'm also one of the supervisors for the dive team as well. Um, either in the dive team has a ten person, or we have ten personnel on the dive team as well. And uh, uh, a situation might call for both and or one or the other of the teams. Well, thank you for having, you know, your team out there to help us. Um, and, and hopefully we don't have those emergency situations, but it's wonderful to know that um, you have a group that is is out there and ready to respond. So, Tom, tell us about the Yacht Basin Marina. Well, thank you, Sarah. We're a full-service marina located on the north side of Holland, uh, basically in the northwest portion of Big Bay. A lot of people recognize us as the big yellow building a mile and a quarter before the Holland State Park. That's a good identifier. But we have 371 slips, 200 racks, and I like to think that uh, we're a summer destination with amenities like Lolo's and Down the Hatch Party Store. We have a hairdresser, and we also have vacation rentals. So, And in the winter, we work on a lot of boats. Well, and it's wonderful to have that available for, as you said, the summer people, but also for the people in winter who want to have their boat in storage. So, Tom, thank you. And I know, Tom, you are passionate about water and boating safety. And when I was emailing you about the being on the broadcast, I saw along with the Yacht Basin Marina logo on your email, you have the logo Watch your wake, save the lake. I hope I got that right. And if it's not, actually, you can correct me. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, uh, watch your wake, share the lake. Share the lake. The okay. Lake. Well, so, okay. So tell me a little bit more about this. Right. Well, I'm a, a member of the Michigan boating industry. In fact, I serve on its board. And this was one of the initiatives that came out in 2021 uh, because of the high water. And basically what it's saying is, is that 
boaters need to remember there are other boaters out there. So you need to respect those people. And they're also landowners. So we need to respect those people. And there are also no wake zones on the lake. And so all of those uh, things need to be respected as you're boating because you're responsible for your own wake. Well, I tell you, what a great logo. Watch the wake, share the lake. Um, yep. That's embedded in my mind. And <laughs> so, so thank you. Okay. So this morning, both of you are here to give our listeners some things they should remember when they're in the water or boating. So let's talk about water safety first. I mean, the lake is, is such a wonderful place, but it can be dangerous. Why is that? Well, Lake Michigan is a very unique uh, body of water along with all the other Great Lakes, too. Um, we have a lot of people that just they don't respect the water like they should. It's, uh, and they say, hey, it's, this is just an inland lake. It's not the ocean. What, 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 what's dangerous out there? But we have a lot of currents, especially when the wind whips up, um, especially along the western shore. So Michigan gets a westerly wind, a constant westerly wind, and it creates certain currents. So when that, that wind pushes into the beach, that water's got to go in some kind of direction with all that power there. And then it causes what we are known as rip currents. And rip currents can be very dangerous for swimmers that get caught in them in the water. You know, so, I, you know, I'm going to just, people are maybe thinking out there, but it's fun to go swimming when there are big waves out there. How would you respond to that? I would say... <clears throat> Watch the water from the shoreline and don't go into the water. It, it, is, it doesn't take very much for a person or a swimmer to get into trouble. And then, then there, we have an emergency situation, a potential drowning victim as well in those situations. Um, and so it, it's, it's better just to stay on shore and, and heed the advice of all the, uh, uh, the flags out, the flag system that we have out there that Michigan has and all the news releases that are put out during, uh, for the weather forecasts. So let's say that you are out there and there is a rip current and either of you can respond to this. What should you do if you get caught in it? You go ahead. And so <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing is not to panic. Uh, once you start panicking, um, now you're getting into trouble. You have to stay calm and it's going to take a lot to stay calm. But if you do get caught in that current, so don't panic, let the current take you. The worst thing you can do is start fighting the current because you are not going to win that, that fight. It's going to drag you down at that point. Eventually, the current's either going to take you a little bit further out or it's going to take you down the beach, and the current's going to release you, and you will be able to swim into shore. But the biggest thing is you got to stay calm and don't panic. And if you can, wear a life jacket out there. Please wear a life jacket out there. So Okay, so let's say that you see someone caught in a rip current. How should people, you know, either if you're in the water, which may, you shouldn't probably be if there's a rip current, right? We've already established that. Or you're on the shore and you see someone caught. What I would do is uh, it's very tempting to go out and try to do a rescue on that person. However, you don't want to become a victim yourself. The best thing you can do is call 911 immediately and keep eyes on that person. Now, if you're along a head or something like that, Maybe try to throw a life ring or, or uh, you know, something that you can extend to that, the victim that's causing that current. Our biggest thing is call 911 right away. Keep eyes on that person. You know, you know, I've heard of people making like a chain of people, you know what I mean, to try to get to the person. That 
probably isn't a very good idea either because with you know if the chain is broken then you have possibly two possibly more people correct unless like you're a, a trained professional at it i would uh, highly recommend not doing this we've had actually issues um even last year is 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 early ways last year is where people try to make a chain to grab people and guess what the chain broke and we now we have six other victims in the water that are getting sucked out and luckily everybody was recovered and we didn't have uh, a, a tragedy out there you know you mentioned flags um can you talk about those flags and what they mean and i think some people say you know i, I don't need to pay attention but the flags are there for a reason aren't they 100 percent, they are um, so we have a green through red. Now we have a double red even. Um, the green green flag is, you know what, be safe out there, but go enjoy that water. Go go out there swimming. Make sure you're you're paying attention to your surroundings. Make sure, if, if you're a parent or guardian, make sure you're watching your kid because things happen out there, emergencies happen, but go enjoy it. it, it the water is generally safe. Now we have a yellow flag, and the yellow flag is, is there's potential there's conditions that could cause potential risks out there there might be you know a storm uh, you know some kind of currents that could whip up and that's when you have to be strongly aware of the surroundings that you're in make sure you're watching the changing currents the weather conditions and now we have a red flag stay out of that water when there's a red flag if there's a red flag we absolutely do have conditions that are causing currents we have currents out there and a double red flag is just topping onto that red flag don't go in the water so Lake Michigan can be cold. Um, can, can swimming in cold water affect your swimming ability? Absolutely, especially when you if, if you just jump into the cold water right off like you know a dock or even when you just run in there, you can get what's called like cold water shock. And what it is is your body just kind of cramps up and you feel very panicky. You start gasping for for air and. Uh, what will happen is when you're gasping for air and you start feeling panic, you can suck in some of that water into your lungs. Now we have a dangerous situation that occurred. So either avoid the cold water or ease yourself into it. Make sure you have proper clothing on the beach that you can change into a, a dry towel or whatnot. Just but be careful out there. So we hear the term water watcher. What does it mean? Well, that goes back a ways uh, to the St. Kids days. Yep. But basically, that what that was designed to do was like a lanyard around your neck with a tag. And when you're wearing that, you're responsible for watching all the swimmers in your group in the water and be accountable for them. And the reason or logic behind that was that if you've got something that you're holding on to, that'll make you remember that you're in charge of those kids. And then... Then I would say that's that's a really good idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you could be sitting next to your friend, and all of a sudden you're talking, but that holding on to something, Tom. It, yeah. And then if you leave, then you can pass it to someone else, and that tells them that they're in charge of the kids. Mm. And it was a and it was a very simple idea. And in fact, I was going to go look to see if I had some of those around here because at one point we did. <laughs> Well, it might be a good idea to resurrect those water watchers. And if there are grandparents and parents listening, you know what I mean? Just make one yourself, laminate it, and put it in your beach bag. And it, yep. it's a great reminder of those precious little ones that are out there. Let's talk about life jackets. Who should wear one? You know what? Everybody should wear one, to be honest with you. Um, especially your little kids. You know what? They don't have a choice. They might not be the best swimmers, especially if you're going on Lake Michigan where there would be currents. 
you know, I don't know anybody has drowned wearing a life jacket. It's like the safety belt of the water, especially when you're on a boat. And that includes around the marina, too. Uh, you know, when I watch young kids walk up and down the docks and I don't see their parents having their life jackets on, I panic. And, you know, tell the staff and then we try to go out and tell them. You know, for our kids growing up, it was a boat coat. And, you know, the moment they were on property, they needed to put that boat coat on. And so. Yeah. And I think that's that's a great thing. A boat coat versus, yeah. you know, a light jacket. And I know I have grandchildren right now and they were planning to go to Florida and to prepare their kids to wear life jackets. They practiced around the house. They said, now's the time to put the life jacket on. So, you know, when they got to the beach in Florida, it was just it was natural. You know, it wasn't something that they had to fight. So there are many well, different. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Well, and life jackets have come a long way since you and I grew up when they were the orange, big, poofy. <laughs> <laughs> that you kind of wondered what they were doing in the first place. But they're a little more stylish now. So talk about the different type of life jackets and what should someone look for when they're purchasing one? So you have uh, several different types of life jackets. Primarily, it's your type one through three. So your type one type life jacket, um, that's more for like a commercial use. It, uh, it's for rougher seas that in a rescue might be, might take a while to get you. It's going to stay buoyant uh, for a long period of time. And it typically will turn an unconscious person right side up so they can breathe. So you don't see those a whole lot. But then for your children, they should be in a type two life jacket at the bare minimum. And also a child under six years old has to wear a type two or type one life jacket when they're on a boat on the waterways. And a type two life jacket's got a little flappy on the back and it tip it, it's designed that it could turn a conscious person right side up as well, but it, it doesn't have that as much power as the type one. Now you have the type three life type life jacket. And that's like your typical, everybody's got one of those, you'll see those people wearing them on, on personal watercraft, skiing and tubing and doing water sports. That is that nice vest style life jacket. I want to transition to boating. Um, before setting out, what should you do? And I'm thinking, Tom, you're going to talk about this, but maybe it's going to be Sergeant John. Well, there are a couple of things just from my perspective, uh, you know, making sure your boat is ready. A lot of times people do that Memorial Day weekend. Make Get your boat inspected. Make sure you have all the safety equipment. And, um, you know, that those are important things. Make sure you have, let people know you're going out. Make sure you check the weather. I've watched a lot of people go out and then come streaming back in because a storm's coming. You know, those are just some simple things. And when you're out, you know, navigating out on the waters, what should you do to exercise good judgment? You know, wear your surroundings and be extra vigilant out there. You know, boats don't have brakes. You know, <laughs> you do a little research on the waterway that you're on so you know where the shallow areas are, where the dangerous places are. You know, you, know, you can go online now and you can download topographical maps. There's apps that you can use for, for that you can get right on your cell phone. And it shows you where all the dangerous structures are out there. What about some safety tips for water skiers, tubers, and wakeboarders? Yeah, um, always make sure you have that a spotter on the boat while you're going out. Make sure you're, uh, um, everyone's got a life jacket on, particularly the person that's being towed. They have to have that life jacket on. 
Um, make sure you're you're being courteous to other people on the water. Not everybody wants a, to see you skiing around it. So make sure you leave distance between other boaters out there and just be safe. Yep. It goes back to that logo, watch your wake, share the lake, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. You are responsible for the wake you make. Yep. So. That's right. So what should you do if you get caught in a storm while you're boating? Well, hopefully you've been you've checked the weather ahead of time and would be cognizant of it. But, you know, obviously you want to try to get in to shore as fast as you can. That would be my recommendation. I've tried to race a storm one time in a sailboat, and it's not very easy to do. <laughs> but that's what I would be vigilant yep. about. No, I, I would echo that, too. And, you know, most of your boats, too, they have antennas coming out. You might have fishing poles out here. There's a large lightning rod out there, so get get off that water as, as quickly and safely as possible. We have a few more minutes left. Um, any last thoughts, Sergeant Knott, that you would like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, like I said, going back to being ultra vigilant out there, be courteous to the, your other boaters. That's a lot of complaints that we have, especially in uh, some of these channels and, and around docks. Make sure you're leaving space. Um, we get a lot of complaints of people breaking the slow no wake rules, make sure you're paying attention to the, the wake that you're making um, and the, the wake watchings. Um, just be careful. Because you've got, yeah, you've got boats going all different speeds. I mean, in terms of like through the channel, you've got big boats, sailboats, personal watercraft, all maneuvering through a con very congested area. And then at the end of the channel, everybody disperses as fast as they can and you've got boats going all the different directions. That's what you've got to be cognizant of. And a little, little bit of research beforehand goes a long way. Yep. So thanks for being here today, Sergeant Nod and Tom. Until next week, Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital, part of Corwell Health, encourages you to practice boating and water safety while you enjoy this wonderful summer season. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.